This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me, not doing whatever it is I'm doing on the stool right now, is Mr. Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going today? You saw me doing that and still let me do the intro. Huh? I knew I wasn't going to say a word <laughs> from the moment the intro started. Woo! I was just getting a little bit of pre-show workout in. Uh, this is Good Morning Liberty, where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we can. And when we want to. And when we want to. Yeah. And that's what liberty is all about. You know what's great is that actually sticks in people's minds, and I love it, because all the people who come up to us at conferences and talk to us and stuff, they're like, oh, I listen every day of the week when you want to. <laughs> you know? They're like, it works. Yeah. It's a thing. And it's not even worded properly. It's 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 not correct grammar whatsoever which is why it sticks i know like you don't want to say when you want to that's a preposition Mm -hmm. and at the end it doesn't sound right but it sticks in people's minds how's your day oh living the dream it's wednesday used to be known as white pill wednesday um it's not today because Mm -hmm. we didn't do a show yesterday a live show uh we did a three-hour show for our other show which is called liberty at night which is on the Free Talk Live network, which broadcasts to about 160 radio stations around the country. Mm. And uh, so we got to put together a three-hour show on Tuesdays. And that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of liberty. Is your mom proud that you're on the radio again? I haven't told my parents about it yet. Mm. Or anyone. I don't think it's real. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I listened to it. Not last night, but the, the week before. It was on there. There's no stations in Nashville that have it, which sucks. But there, there's a lot down in Alabama and Georgia and Florida, and there's a whole lot out there in California, out there in the Northwest. In fact, I believe I'm going to put the uh, I'm going to put the list of all the stations. It's on Tuesday nights from. I know there's some in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. A lot out there, mm-hmm. 160 overall. So they're all over the place. Mm. You know, any anyway, Alaska or Hawaii? I, I don't. I haven't pulled. I don't have it pulled up right now. Mm. I can't tell you which one it is. Uh, so there's there's some news. There's things in the news right now. I forgot about. Uh, what we're supposed to do on this show. And uh, I heard that. Um, one of the, uh, how's it going out there? Let's keep going. All good. One of the things that we need to talk about is that Trump, President Trump, used to be used to be president of the United States. You guys have heard of him. Uh, received the Target letter, and it looks like he's going to get some more charges, potentially. Like a letter from Target? <laughs> That's what I thought it was. <laughs> when or I saw like it. A- like a targeted letter. I saw a target letter trending on Twitter, and I was like, oh, they finally found the people who sent those bomb threats to Target. <laughs> yeah. And it's trending on Twitter mm-hmm. because it was the crazy lefties that we knew it was. Yeah. But instead, uh, they're letting Trump know that the grand jury is meeting. He has the opportunity to go and testify in front of the grand jury if he wants to. It's a little courtesy that they extend the people. And they're probably going to charge him with some more stuff. And this time related to Jan... Six mm. and the effort 
to overturn the presidential election in 2020. Mm. What do you think, man? <sighs> they're never going to stop. No. I mean, it, they, they're trying to keep him from holding office <clears throat> is what they're doing. So, do you think that's what okay, I do I do agree with that one. I still think they're trying to solidify him as the nominee for the Republicans. I still think that that's one thing they're trying to do. And and then also keep him from And then keep him from actually becoming the president. I think is their goal right now. Um I'm not sure if they're going to succeed. I think they'll succeed with getting getting him the nomination. Uh, and I think they they know that they can beat him because they they beat him last time. Although well, Biden is looking so the four, rough. The Fourteenth Amendment has mm -hmm. a section three, mm -hmm. and I don't I don't know if you've read that the insurrection part. Yes, yeah. So no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislator, as an executive or judicial officer of any state, to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection mm -hmm. or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. So if they can convict mm -hmm. him on something like this, then they can keep him from, from actually taking office. Because you can... You can't win the presidency from prison. Do you think that's something he would still try to do? Yes. Yeah, I do too. I yeah. think he would. Um, let's go through a little I bit mean, of... Tiger King's trying to win. <laughs> from... I'm, I'm pulling for him. You know? <laughs> I hope he he's does in, well. He's in jail right now, you know? In the two... and This is from the New York Times, by the way. In the two and a half years since a mob laid siege to the Capitol in an effort to prevent... Congress from certifying Joseph R. Biden Jr.'s electoral victory. A wealth of evidence has emerged about Donald J. Trump's bid to stay in power. Mr. Trump and his allies peddled spurious claims of voter fraud, pressured officials in states he narrowly lost, and recruited false slates of, of electors in those states. He urged Vice President Mike Pence to delay certification of Mr. Biden's win, and he called on a huge crowd of his supporters to march on the Capitol and, quote, fight like hell. Now I think it's cheap that they're putting that in there. Fight like hell. Everyone knows what that means. You can find on YouTube or if you search on Twitter, you can find various montages of people on the left, Democrats, anyone who is in politics of saying to fight like hell, to fight, to fight, we're going to fight. You can just see it over and over again. You can even see it as it pertains to things like the 2020 riots as well that we all went through. And so acting like the the fact that he said fight like hell means anything is cheap to me. A person briefed on the matter said the target letter cited three statutes that could be applied in a prosecution by the special counsel, Jack Smith, including a potential charge of conspiracy to defraud the United States. Imagine, if you will, a former president being charged with conspiracy to defraud the United States. That actually sounds pretty awesome because it sounds like something that all presidents do all the time. I think Biden could be charged with that. Obama, Trump, sure. Bush, all kinds of them. It's so weird that we're doing this right now. We've made such a big deal out of Jan 6 and the effort to overturn the election or count the votes 
accurately as some people might see it, that we're now thinking about charging the president with a conspiracy to defraud the United States. How has a president, how have any living presidents not qualified as someone who defrauded the United States? We got wars. We got waste of your money that was stolen from you involuntarily for promises not kept. All right. What about if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. What about WMDs? Mm-hmm. What about all the the hundreds of thousands to millions of people that died because of those lies and other various lies that have led us into wars in 10 different countries over the last 20 years? There's a seven, seven or eight. I don't know what it is. It's just ridiculous. <clears throat> and so defrauding the United States, that's, a, that's kind of a weird one. Quote, by leading the effort to procure fraudulent electoral certificates across the nation, Trump helmed a conspiracy to defraud the U.S., Mr. Eisen said. And by using those false documents to press Mike Pence to disrupt the Jan 6 meeting of Congress, Trump attempted to obstruct an official proceeding. (sighs) There have also been signs that prosecutors have explored potential charges involving wire or mail fraud related to Mr. Trump's fundraising efforts in the name of overturning the election results. That one I think is ridiculous. Um, Once again, like you... You're making these promises. You're saying that we're going to do this and donate this money to me. That's what all presidential candidates do all the time. All the time. So uh, there, these are some of the charges Mr. Trump could face in the Jan 6 case. I think I've got a few of them up here. Conspiring to defraud the government and make false statements. <clears throat> Once again, it sounds like something that all former presidents qualify for, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you agree, Charlie? Yeah. Okay. Um, Both the federal judge in California and the Jan 6 committee also said there was evidence that Mr. Trump violated Section 371 of Title 18, which makes it a crime punishable by up to five years in prison to conspire with another person to defraud the government. The basis for such a charge would be similar. Mr. Trump's interactions with various lawyers and aides in his effort to block the certification of Mr. Biden's electoral victory, even though Mr. Trump was repeatedly told that his allegations of widespread voter fraud were baseless. In his ruling last year in the civil lawsuit over whether the Jan 6 committee could obtain the emails of John Eastman, legal advisor to Mr. Trump, in his fight to overturn the election results, ju- uh, Judge Carter ruled that it was more likely than not that the communications involved crimes, so qualified for an exception to attorney-client privilege. So that's, that's one thing, this defraud the government. Um, the other thing that we have here, wire and mail fraud is a is a weird one and then we have this a conspiracy to submit false electors to congress could implicate section 1001 uh that's one that i need to look in more apparently they tried to have this other set of electors that were going to vote in favor of trump and i believe this was either in michigan or georgia in fact i know there one thing happened in michigan because michigan's ag is now charging some of the people who signed up uh to be these false electors as uh, as they're calling them and then the wire mail fraud, this is a weird one to me. Of course, these aren't the actual charges. These are kind of speculation from various lawyers for what he could be charged with. Um, sorry, I forgot to put you back on screen there, Charlie. That's fine. A constellation of other potential crimes has surrounded the Jan 6 investigation. One is wire fraud. Uh, section blah, blah, blah makes it a crime punishable by 20 years in prison to cause money to be transferred by wire across state lines as part of a scheme to obtain money by means of false or fraudulent representations. A similar fraud statute covers schemes that use the postal service. Okay. You'll never get your That's money. That's a technicality there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
Um, <clears throat> so they're talking about how he raised as much as $250 million through a political action committee telling donors the money was needed to fight election fraud, even as Mr. Trump had been told repeatedly that there was no evidence to back up those claims. So how far does this go? I'm still, I know I'm going to keep harping on other presidential contenders, but okay, so Bernie's going to go out there and he's going to fight inequality and he's going to prevent the rich from making money and, and have a wealth tax. And there's, and there's people telling him in the background, like, oh yeah, that's not going to fix anything. And uh, there actually, there's, there's no way that we can do a, a wealth tax. The Supreme Court's going to strike that down immediately. Biden's out there saying he's going to forgive everyone's student loans and they're telling him in the background, oh no, actually you don't have any there's no way that you can do that. Uh, the Supreme Court's going to strike that down. There's no uh, you evidence. Don't, you don't have the authority uh, to be able to do this. And still, he goes out there and says that he's going to do it, and he raises money, and he runs for election. Is that not wire fraud? <sighs> Can't be. <laughs> I guess not. You know? His name's not Trump. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem. Do yeah. you think this is a political witch hunt, Charles? Of course I do. It has been. Well, here's what Trump thinks if you want to go through some of it. All right. Statement by Donald J. Trump. Wow. On Sunday night, while I was with my family, having just arrived from the turning point event in Florida, where I won the straw poll against all other Republican <laughs> candidates with 85.7%, with all polls showing me leading in the Republican primary by a very substantial numbers, almost everyone predicting that I will be the Republican nominee for president, and as I am leading Democrat Joe Biden in the polls by a lot, horrifying news for our country was given to me by my attorneys. Now, the part that he does not want you to forget in that first paragraph is that he was with his family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> On Sunday night, horrifying news from our country was given to me by my attorneys. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yeah, but all that in the middle. <laughs> I don't know if he's leading Joe Biden in the polls by a lot. Um, oh, yeah. Let's... Well, go ahead. I'm going to check on that. Deranged Jack Smith, the prosecutor with Joe Biden's DOJ, weird first name, <laughs> sent a letter. Again, it was Sunday night, stating that I am a target of the Jan 6 grand jury investigation and giving me a very short four days to report to the grand jury, which almost always means an arrest and indictment. So now Joe Biden's attorney general, Merrick Garland, who I turned down for the United States Supreme Court, in retrospect, based on his corrupt and unethical actions, a very wise decision. Together with Joe Biden's Department of Injustice, it's <laughs> <laughs> good. Have effectively issued a third indictment and arrest of Joe Biden's number one political opponent, who is largely dominating him in the race for the presidency. Nothing like this has ever happened in our country before or even close. They illegally spied on my campaign, attacked me with a totally fake dossier. That was funded by Hillary Clinton's campaign and the DNC impeached me twice. I won. They failed on the Mueller witch hunt. No collusion. They failed on the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. The 51 intelligence agents fraud, the FBI, Twitter files, the DOJ, Facebook censorship, and every other scam imaginable. But on top of all that, they have now effectively indicted me three times with a uh, probable fourth coming from Atlanta where the DOJ are in strict and possibly illegal coordination with the district attorney whose record on murder and other violent crime is abysmal. <clears throat> no, we're good. That's Parker unplugging the thing. He does that when he's standing oh. up there getting mad. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> 
go check that out. Okay, I'm checking out the polls right now, and I want to uh, I want to go through that. <clears throat> I'm pulling up five thirty eight uh, right now, who does a pretty good job with the uh, with the polls. Now, the most recent thing: polls ending July fourteenth, twenty twenty three. Um, let's see. We got Biden, DeSantis. That's Biden plus four. Biden, DeSantis. Biden plus two. Uh, Biden, Trump. That's Trump plus two. And Biden, Trump, Trump plus seven. And these different polls. <clears throat> um, I don't know exactly where these come from, though. I don't know if 538 lists all this up. Premise? I don't know what premise is. I've never heard of premise here. Uh, Suffolk University. Biden, DeSantis, DeSantis plus two, Biden, Trump, Trump plus five. Okay. Uh, then we got YouGov, The Economist, uh, Biden, Trump, even. And then another YouGov and Economist poll, Trump plus one. So Trump is actually leading in quite a few of these polls. Um, they And they could be, uh, ANCAP trucker says, do they, do they not realize that they're helping him at this point? Um, they might actually, uh, they might actually understand that. To tell you the truth, um, there is part of me that thinks that they know that they could help Trump get elected again, and if they push hard enough, I still don't think he would win because I think that the actual, I, I think people are going to vote based on who they hate the most, uh, which is why I think the vote went the way it did the last time. Um, they could know that they're helping him, though, and they might want him to get reelected. Why would they want him to get reelected? Well, look at the massive left swing, the crazy progressive leftist swing that happened while Trump was president. I don't know if they want him to get elected. Oh, my bad. I don't know if they want him to get elected as much as they would want <clears throat> him to be the nominee. Yeah, yeah. It's possible. Because then they've, they probably have a better chance of winning of people voting against him. This, uh, this screenshot... Because who do the Democrats have to put up that people want to vote for? People that they want to vote for? Exactly. They, honestly, it would have to be... Oh, it would have to be Gavin Newsom. Ugh, I don't think people want to vote for him. I think, here's, I think people like fake politicians sometimes. I think they want to believe it especially people who are fine with uh, creating false realities and living lies on a daily basis. I think that they do pretty well with a robot like Gavin Newsom. Um, and they can convince themselves that he's doing a great job in California, even though there's tons of people moving out of the state, businesses moving out of the state, and uh, they're doing pretty terrible over there. Um, I'm trying to figure out, let me see, who posted this? Big Gus in the live group. Is this from Rasmussen? Who is this from? 538. Now the uh, I'm looking at the screenshot that was posted in the oh. group right now. Um, this shows real clear. Oh, real, real clear. clear. Okay. There are a lot of polls showing Trump up. Uh, some of them where they're showing. Let me see. Oh, this is in the Republicans. Yeah, he's still up by a ton. I at this point, I think the other Republicans are in the election because they need someone there in case Trump goes to prison. Uh, and and maybe that's it. But isn't it clear that he's going to be the nominee? As I don't understand, I don't understand why donors still give their money to Nikki Haley 
or uh, Asa Hutchinson, who is still like, who's donating, who get, takes money and gives it to him? Is like, yeah, just in case he wins, I'm going to get some great political favors with that. Like, what are you doing? And they're putting their money where their mouth is. I guess. Right? I, I, don't, I don't know what the point of donating money. Why to would you donate money is. to the Libertarian <clears throat> Party? That's why I don't donate any money. Like, <laughs> I know it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> you know, yeah. I guess that's why. I guess that's why that happens. Um, so your, your take, what, your belief is that they are trying to make sure he gets the nomination, but don't want him to win. I think that's best case scenario for them, but I also think that the scenario where he wins is not a terrible scenario for them. Well, since Joe Biden's running again, mm -hmm. that means that I don't think he's really going to have any challengers and no one's going to vote for him. Yeah. So they, they need somebody to vote against. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So that would be Trump. True. Again. That's true. So Joe Biden can win again. Yeah, I got you. I think that's, yeah. I'm I mean, still holding true. Uh, it's holding steady on their second option of Trump actually wins is still very beneficial for people on the left. Look at, look at the tone of the country and how hard we, we switch to uh, cultural Marxism, just to use a tired, overused, cliche term. Uh, because we literally had Hitler as our president and it takes to fight Hitler, you need communism, you know, that's mm. uh, as some people might think. So I, I think it actually works for them. So I want, I want to move on here. I want to move on. And, uh, Edward Snowden posted something that was disappointing. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Folks, it can be tough to know which direction to take in life. For example, you might think doing this podcast was an easy move, but it wasn't. It takes a willingness to work crazy hours, read people's differing opinions, and make, well, what you might expect a mid-level libertarian podcast to make. What gets me through is knowing I'm being true to myself and my values. So whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Therapy made a huge difference in my life and co-host Charlie's used BetterHelp for years. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. He posted this study that also Robert Reich has been posting quite well, a bit. he's a liberal. <laughs> he is a liberal, but I also believe that he has an ability to rationally think through things and logically process things and look at multivariate problems. I mean, people, yes, but people can get emotional about a certain thing. That's true. And I then, guess that's true. And it clouds, it clouds your judgment. I got to grab my show notes and put them back over here. All right. All right. This from Time Magazine. Well, what Edwards, did uh, say what Edward Snowden said? Yeah, he said, our, our political system has calcified into a robbery contest. Okay. Now, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, you mean that the government is stealing uh, since the year that they talk about in this study, which is 1975. By the way, the non-inflation-adjusted number is that the government has spent $113 trillion since that time. Mm -hmm. 
And so that's what I thought he meant by robbery contest. Uh, but it's, it's not it. Yeah. So the top 1% of Americans have taken $50 trillion from the bottom 90%. And that's made the U.S. less secure. A staggering $50 trillion, that's how much the upward redistribution of income has cost American workers over the past several decades. This is not some back-of-the-napkin approximation. According to a groundbreaking new working paper by Carter C. Price and Catherine Edwards of the Rand Corporation, had the more equitable income distributions of the three decades following World War II held steady, the annual income of Americans earning below the 90th percentile would have been $2.5 trillion higher in the year 2018 alone. That is an amount equal to nearly 12% of GDP, enough to more than double median income, enough to pay every single working American in the bottom nine deciles an additional $1,144 a month. So here's Every what, month, every single year. Every month, every year. Um, here's what they do. They took the 30 years before 1975, and they looked at what the distribution was of the GDP per capita uh, and what that meant for these different deciles, quartiles, quintiles, whatever, whatever's going on here uh, that they decide to separate that out into. And so they look at that percentage of GDP that was going to each one of those groups. And then they look at the percentage of the GDP that's going to each one of the groups now. And they have decided that the difference is what was stolen. There you go. Yeah. There's the entire study for you, mm -hmm. but let's uh, talk about it some more. So they calculate the cumulative tab for our four decade long experiment in radical inequality had grown to over 47 trillion from 1975 through 2018. At a recent pace of about two and a half trillion a year, that number we estimate crossed the 50 trillion mark by early 2020. That's $50 trillion that would have gone into the paychecks of working Americans had inequality held constant. 50 trillion that would have built a far larger and more prosperous economy. 50 trillion that would have enabled the vast majority of Americans to enter this pandemic far more healthy, resilient, and financially secure. Now they are making one uh, a pretty big error right there, which is assuming that if that 50 trillion were just uh, given to all of the workers, that they would have 50 trillion more dollars and that all the prices of everything right now would still be the same. And so you'd be making 30,000 more a year than you are right now. And that would be 30,000 extra dollars that you would have to spend on things that you don't have right now. And that's how much easier your life would be. They don't make any adjustment for whether or not prices would have risen higher had people had higher buying power the whole time. Now that's not an argument that people shouldn't get paid more money. You can't say like, oh, you should never get paid more uh, for your value because prices will just rise. So we'll just pay you nothing. It's also assuming that people would have spent that money to be healthy, resilient, yeah. <laughs> and financially yeah. secure. <clears throat> As the Rand report demonstrates, a rising tide most definitely did not lift all boats, and it didn't even lift most of them, as nearly all the benefits of the growth these past 45 years were captured by those at the very top. Yep. How did they, ca how did they capture it, you think? Mm. With a big net. The big net? Yeah. yeah. They just kept it from all the other people. I think they kept it because they were the ones that uh, owned the businesses and the way that things were being produced and providing services and taking the risk and putting capital up. And um, even if you made the assumptions on all of this money that 
they didn't capture it. It wasn't upwardly redistributed. That's that's not where the money started. Like there was production, there was creation, there was wealth generation, and then people were paid out. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm still that's still buying in a little bit too much to what their numbers are. Uh, just to talk about that for a sec. Imagine how much safer, healthier, and empowered all American workers might be if that $50 trillion had been paid out in wages instead of being funded, funneled into corporate profits and the offshore accounts of the super rich. Now, you're also forgetting to take into, effect, into account that corporate profits, offshore accounts, or stock, or anything like that, people, you have a 401k or a mm. pension that is invested and does better when companies do better. Um, the Rand report brings the inequality price tag directly home by denominating it in dollars, not just the aggregate 50 trillion figure, but in granular demographic detail. For example, are you a typical black male earning $35,000 a year? You are being paid at least $26,000 a year less than you would have had income distributions held constant. Are you a college educated prime aged full-time worker earning $72,000? Depending on the inflation index, rising inequality is costing you between $48,000 to $63,000 a year. Now, you can look at this chart right here uh, and just talked about typical black men. Um, that's kind of mean. Like, oh, you're just a basic black. Okay. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's look at that. In 1975, they're saying you would have been paid twenty eight k more than white women, huh? And uh, 2018, uh, 35000 would be what you're getting paid and... If it weren't for the theft from the 1%, you currently would be making $61,000. Once again, you have to remember that that would not just be $26,000 more than you have right now of buying power to buy all sorts of things that cost up to $26,000. Prices would have adjusted to that amount. Okay, we would just have higher prices. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the way that things would have worked out. Uh, but still not just making that argument. There's... They show these charts here. In 1975, the top 1% got 9% of the income distribution, which as Thomas Sowell would say, income is not distributed, income's earned. So we're already starting once again on a false premise. Uh, but now in 2018, it went from 9% up to 22% of the income distribution. Charlie, as we do with studies, I would like to talk to you about a couple things inside of the study that make it uh, difficult. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. If I were Edward Snowden, then I was going to post that. I, I realize that Robert Reich has no soul. Okay, uh, that's fine. But if I were Snowden, I want to know whether or not the study could be trusted. You know, what, what they got. First off, they only got capital gains for people in the 90th percentile or above. They didn't get any capital gains for anyone else below the 90th percentile. I mean the top 10%. The top 10% of people is all what they got capital gains for. And they counted that in their taxable income. They do not have any capital gains data for the bottom 90%, and they still counted their income. And they counted the income of the top 10%, knowing that they have a different income that they're that's getting caught for those two groups. And we do not believe this would be this would meaningfully change the results. That's a great words for a study. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it's we very scientific words. <laughs> we just don't think it would. That's why we didn't include it. Um, The other thing is, Charlie, they use per capita GDP as the rate for the income growth. However, that taxable income does not account for health insurance benefit costs or other non-monetary compensations that are portions of GDP. 
Meaning that when a corporation uh, pays towards your health insurance, that gets... College fund. Call it whatever it is. HSA. Anything they put money into, that gets counted in the GDP of the country, which changes their per capita GDP number. But they don't count that in people's income. So they use those things to raise the per capita GDP number, but then they don't count it in what people are getting paid when they do these calculations. And they're still calling this a scientific study. Mm. Those kind of things. Those things really get to me, you know? Why would they, why do they even win it? Why are they making this point, Charlie? What are they trying to tell people? Well, the rich are bad people. Mm. That's why. So therefore we should... Eat the rich. (laughs) Yeah. It's good for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Also, you made another point in here that we didn't talk about, which is like the the top, let's say the top 10% even, it's not the same people. It's interchanging all the time. All the time. It, was Jeff Bezos a billionaire 20 years ago? No. 20 years? 20. Eh, he could have been. 25 years ago. He wasn't. Probably not. Yeah. So was Mark Zuckerberg 30 years ago? No. Elon Musk? Definitely not. Any of these people? And we're not even really talking about these, like those people specifically, uh, because a lot of what, you know, the money they make is coming from, I guess they get capital gains and that is counted. That is and counted. that's actually yeah. just not for anyone else. You know, you cash out your, your 401k or your whatever it is that you make some money off of. Doesn't count. Sell your house. <laughs> Sell a house. That's doesn't capital count. gains. Yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Uh, it only matters when they're talking about people in the top 10% on this. But yeah, the, the groups change. And in fact, coming off of that point, when looking at age groups, One important thing to remember is that as you get older, you tend to make more money. Uh, That just happens. Like, even if you're at the same job the entire time, as you get older, you tend to make more money because you get cost of living raises and stuff like that. Let's say you get like a 2% raise every year. So as you get older, you're making more money. Typically, when you're young and you just got out of college or high school or whatever, you're making like the lowest amount of money that someone's going to make. And when you're 55, you're making... You know, you're at the top of your game. You're probably at the top of your salary. You're thinking about retirement at that time. So the important part of that is if you're young, you're likely to be in the lower quartile. Let's just call it a quartile. If you're old, you're likely to be in the higher quartile. All right? You also have more time to save. And so then when you separate those two groups out and you look at the total, the percentage distribution of the income in the U.S., and you say, well, the bottom quartile's getting this percentage of the distribution, and the top quartile's getting this percentage of the distribution, you don't account for how many people are in those. You just look at them by income quartiles, all right? So what this also doesn't account for is the fact that from 1975 to 2018, there are only 13% more 20 to 24-year-olds. Uh, than there were in 1975, than there are now. Okay, so the young people who are most likely to be in that lower quartile, the population of those people has barely changed over that entire time span. 65 and over, the the amount of people that are in that has gone up by 143%. And those people are most likely to be in the top quartile, meaning that the amount of people in the top quartile grew likely by at least 100% to 
to 140%. Therefore, since they're older, they're likely to make more income. The amount of income in that top quartile also grew by a lot, more so than the bottom one, which is made up of mostly young people, which hardly grew during that amount of time. But you must know all these old people, they stole their wealth, Nate. They did. <laughs> Typically, you see an old person, you punch them right in the face because the only reason that they are making any kind of money is because they stole it Yeah. over more and more time. Mm -hmm. We steal more and more money. And not to mention, okay, like, so the wealthier you are, the higher you are in, in the, you know, percentile, mm -hmm. more opportunities. You get more opportunities. So this is the Pareto distribution. It takes money to make money. Mm -hmm. And when you have money, you get to take advantage of the fact that it takes money to make money. You're talking about buying into a WSOP tournament with an amount of money that many people don't have to buy into a WSOP tournament, mm -hmm. you know? And if you make a lot of money from that tournament, then it took you money to make that money. And a lot of people didn't have the opportunity. Let's say you're buying real estate. Mm -hmm. You're going to have money to get into real estate. So yeah, there's a, it's to Pareto. Invest. Yeah. So that's how it is uh, to those who have, you know, the thing, everything but, will be, you know, the thing, but you can make a clever study an article and put whatever numbers you want, like the Zuckman study, the saws and Zuckman. Yeah. Yeah. Saws and Zuckman. You can just eliminate numbers that are going to skew what you want to say. And people like Edward Snowden will share it. Let me give you one more way uh, that they manipulate these numbers. Anytime you see household income, Ignore it immediately. If you see someone that says uh, household income has stagnated over time, I want you to know that that number tells you absolutely nothing. Okay, and let me give you an example. A record number of Americans are living alone right now. Uh, this is a new study just came out a couple days ago. Uh, it's a percentage of one-person households from 1975, let's say it was around 17%, 18%, and now it's upwards of 30%. Right now, people living alone. And what happens is, as you make more money, you can decide to live alone. Now, it might be because people aren't getting married like they used to. In fact, there's a lot of data showing that in that last study. Um, but here's something interesting. Let's imagine that two people are making 20K apiece. They're working at, at McDonald's. They're managers at McDonald's working kind of part-time. They're making 20K apiece, okay? Now, let's imagine that those two people that are roommates both get Great pay bumps, massive pay bumps, okay? And they go, they both go, by the way, their household income at that time is $40,000, all right? They both get a 50% pay raise, both of them. Now, they couldn't afford their own place at 20K, wasn't enough. But at 30K, they don't really like each other that much, and so they're going to move out. They're going to move somewhere else, okay? They're going to live alone because they both got 50% pay raises. What happened to household income? It went down. It went down from 40K down to 30K it, because two people got 50% pay raises. Household income went down. And people will use household income mm -hmm. as a reason to tell you that things are stagnating. So um, anyone want me to tell you anything else I learned from basic economics? <laughs> it's a great book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I recommend everyone just uh, read that book over and over again. And you'll be able to I was disappointed, though, that it was Edward Snowden posted because I see him as someone who looks into things, you know, like when he sees a thing, he's he's going to look into it. He's not just going to have an emotional response. Well, he did. It's not the case, Ed. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it, bub. Yeah. All right. Well, people go. want, you know, as a kid, 
and this carries on into adulthood, do you want some type of fairness? Mm-hmm. That's why that's why you see, you know, this whole eat the rich or whatever else the case may be, corporate greed, right? Or subsidies when people get tax breaks. It's it's not it's not fair. No. It's not fair. And now, people um, want some type of fairness. And so I I understand it from that perspective, but the problem is you're not arguing for the right kind of fairness. No. The right kind of fairness would be that everyone has the opportunity to do those same things without being held back arbitrarily. Yeah. Equality of opportunity to me is still just used to push for equity. For instance, that WSOP tournament. Well, I don't have the opportunity to do that. You have the opportunity to make money. Oh, that opportunity right there. I can't do it like you can. Someone's going to have to give me some money to do that. No. That's That's how it's used. But that's not, that's not, I know it's not the idea. That's not right. (laughs) That's not the correct definition. Um, Here's what people ignore. This right here is a chart of government expenditures year by year. And on this chart, this is starting in 1975. uh, And this goes, uh, the line is up. If you're not, you know, you're not watching right now, it's up. And as I told you beforehand, these totals, I went ahead and totaled this just to get it from the Fred over here. That's $113 trillion from that time that they spent, okay? The true tax is what the government spends because they will either tax it from you or they'll borrow it. So they'll take it from your kids or they'll print it. So they'll take it from you via inflation. Mm-hmm. But you, the tax is what they spend. It's not what it is that they tax or what their budget is or how much money, their, their receipts that they take in. They're always going to take in what they spend plus a percentage on top of it. So um, they're paying attention to the $50 trillion that was taken taken by the 1%. $113 trillion. I don't think this is inflation-adjusted numbers, by the way. Um, no big deal. Also, are we not going to include welfare benefits? <laughs> I guess that doesn't matter. It's part of compensation for That's the bottom? A, thank you. That is another thing the that they don't 10%? do. They don't count that. Because how much have we spent on the war on poverty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. since the 70s? It's true. It's over fifty trillion. It's it's twenty. Well, the official number since the seventies is around thirty trillion. Oh, okay, somewhere around there. Hmm. Um, it's tough to it's tough to get the actual number, but it's around thirty trillion. And they're saying that fifty trillion was taken. Well, they took thirty trillion. So why aren't they talking about twenty trillion right yeah, now? Yeah, right. They're not. They don't count the things that they do to yeah. even it back out. And not only that, but think of like how much rich, like how do you quantify because how much richer is life today than it was in 1975, mm-hmm. considering different life-saving medications that have been invented, um, cell phones, just name it. I mean, the the richness of life that you have in 2023 far surpasses if you told somebody in 1975 this is what it was going to be like they probably wouldn't have believed you they'll they'll use these metrics like the i don't know how they phrase it but basically how comfortable of a living are you know how easy is it for you to to pay your bills and still live a comfortable life and not be stressed out and and worrying about all that stuff and they'll compare that you had to have netflix they'll compare it to the 70s and they say well you were able to get a car and a and a house and and all that and you're just kind of happy have money left over and I was like, oh, yeah, they didn't have a billion other things they were trying to buy, too? Yeah. Okay. Why don't you live like someone did in the 70s? Right now, live like someone did in the 70s on the income that you have at the moment. And tell me that it was far better in the 70s than it is right now. You won't do it. You're going to get rid of your phone. You're going to buy a clunker car. 
somewhere. It's barely even got air conditioning in it. Okay. Go back to a, a you know, what's what was the average square foot, I think, back then? It was like 1,200. Yeah. So you're going to buy a 1,200 square foot house? You barely even have a microwave at that point. Yeah. Did they have micro? Yeah, they have microwaves by then, I would say. They were expensive, though. Probably. So, so, yeah, do it. Live like someone did in the 70s. Don't pay for any of these other things that we've got since then. And tell me if your life is more comfortable. <laughs> Try it out. Yeah. All right. All righty. <laughs> what's next? Uh, that's it. That was like, uh, that was 42 minutes. It's 11. That's enough. That's that's me. enough studying for today. Yeah. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend and uh, share it with your family. They need to hear about how poor they are, and it's the richest fault, of course. Mm-hmm. Just a massive, massive direct transfer of income um, from from the from the poor mm-hmm. to the rich. That's what they're doing. They started from the bottom. Now they're here. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So started from the, the whole top. team. Whole team's here. They started from the top. Oh yeah. And now they're they're topper. Yeah. There. Yeah. Exactly. So share it around. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcast and Spotify. And uh, don't forget to tell the folks that we're on the radio now. So if you want to tune in on Tuesday nights to Free Talk Live, uh, find a local station near you, and then you get three hours of good evening liberty. <laughs> so liberty at night is liberty the name of night. our show. <laughs> With Nate and Chuck. Three wholesome hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can't get enough, you can get more. There you go. There's more. Uh, go to godhatesfeds.com and... Um, there you can get some merchandise and you can also sign up to be part of the Fed Haters Club. And uh, so that way we, as rich libertarians, can continue to suck away from all the pores. Yep. That's the whole goal that we're doing here. We should have picked a different group to take money from. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. A bigger group. Um, and then, if you do all of that, Join gml.com is another place you they can need go, to go there, yeah. For Fed Haters mm-hmm. Club, yeah. So if you do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.